Welcome in to another edition of Home Run Throwback. I am Jimmy Morris, joined as always by John Glennon. John, how are you tonight? Doing great, Jimmy. And you? Doing well. Doing a lot better than I thought I was going to be about mid-third quarter of this game. So uh, that's always a good thing. Always a good good thing to pull out a win over the Ravens. We'll obviously break all of that down before we do that. Remind you, as always, that this is Home Run Throwback. It's a Broadway Sports Media podcast. BroadwaySportsMedia.com is the website. Best Titans content you're going to find on the Internet. Check it out. You can sign up for a free membership. See everything that goes on behind the paywall. Um, and I think once you do that, you'll, you'll want to stick around for that. Uh, also, you can subscribe to this show. Just search out Home Run Throwback wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, go ahead and subscribe there, and you'll get the newest episodes as soon as they are available. You can follow us on Twitter. I am at jmorrismcm. John is at Glennon Sports. All right, so the Titans get a really big win and what f- felt like an improbable win um, if you, you know, if you, as you kind of watched along. But they, they go out to Baltimore, win 30-24 to in overtime. Um, it wasn't pretty. Uh, there was a lot of Titans came in banged up, leave the game even more banged up than they were. But, you know, as they've done a couple other times this year, just find a way to win. Stay in a game, keep grinding it out. And, you know, find a way to get it to overtime and then get the win in overtime. Defense struggled at times, but came up big at times. Same thing for the offense. It, it was just kind of a kind of a weird game. And, I mean, the final score was 30-24, to 24, so it's higher scoring than, you know, those kind of those old-school Titans-Ravens games. But in a lot of ways, it felt like one of those games. You had a little bit of a dust-up before the game started. Um, you had a bunch of hard hits going throughout the game, you know, Derrick Henry gets popped and, and leaves the game, says afterwards that, you know, he got hit, took him a minute to shake that off. So in a lot of ways, it felt like some of those old rivalry games between the Titans and the Ravens. But at the end of the day, like I said, the Titans, it wasn't always pretty, but they come away with a win, get themselves back into a good position in the playoff picture, back in a good spot in the division where if you go to Indianapolis and win next week, then you're in the, you're in the driver's seat there. So, uh, John, kind of your immediate takeaway from what you saw today. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the, the word of the day, as we've often said uh, about the Titans this season, is kind of resiliency. Um, you know, obviously the Titans took that, that early lead, but after that, I thought it was really all Ravens until, you know, really midway, or you could even say later in the, in the third quarter. I mean, the, the Ravens are up 21, 10, uh, they're up, uh, um, you know, uh, 21, 13 still. And then I think, you know, one of the big plays that, that, uh, maybe goes, uh, unnoticed a little bit, of course, is that, uh, the big interception by Imani Hooker. At that point, Ravens are up 21-13, driving for what looks like another score. Um, and, and the Titans kind of turn things around right there. Uh, and that's kind of, to me, when all of a sudden the offense that had been so sluggish uh, for a lot of the game started rolling. That's when Derrick Henry started wearing down the Ravens' defenders. That's when Ryan Tannehill started getting uh, more and more accurate, I thought, as the game went on. And uh, sure enough, the uh, the Titans bounce back, and, and even with those key injuries like the one to Jayon Brown, um, you know, they wind up producing a, a really, really big win, uh, puts them back on the inside of the playoff picture uh, going up um, as, as they get ready to head to uh, to Indianapolis next Sunday. Yeah, and so like you said, I mean, they come out fast again, just like they did, just like they did in, in Indianapolis. Um, a, a touchdown drive right from the beginning. I mean, go right down the field. Looks like, you know, the offense is, is hitting on all cylinders. 
Um, you know, things are going to go well. And then after that, they go interception on the next drive, a punt on the next drive. And so it kind of felt like that at times today, you really saw the the problems with the injuries on the offensive line. Um, you know, Taylor Lewan hasn't been here for a few weeks now. And I think we all would say Sam Brelo has has been maybe better than we expected, but at least serviceable in that role. Um, but now with, with him out, with Lawan out, and with Roger Saffold missing this game, um, you, you could just see at times that, that Tannehill didn't trust the protection in front of him. Hard to blame him for that. You know, the interception, I mean, it was a bad decision, but he also, you know, really took it on the chin as he made that throw. So it's hard to say if he'd have been able to step all the way through that throw, if he could have pushed it a little bit further. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it, it absolutely was, it was a bad decision. But, you know, there was a point, like I said, kind of through the going into halftime, halfway through the third quarter, where it just looked like, man, this offense is lost, and, you know, Tannehill's seeing ghosts and all that stuff, and he's able to get himself back into a rhythm, kind of get back into that groove late in the game. A.J. Brown had another drop, um, which is, you know, uncharacteristic from him, but we saw it last week in the game against the Colts. And, I mean, I said on Twitter at the time, the Titans are really going to need A.J. Brown to get back locked in, and he certainly did that. I mean, you saw at the end of the game there, you know, he takes it seemed like half the Ravens defense into the end zone uh, to score that touchdown. And we were talking before we came on here. Um, if, if A.J. Brown doesn't score that touchdown, the, the Titans most likely lose. And we're having a very different conversation tonight than the one that we'll have because kind of what set that up, I mean, you have a first and 10. At, at, the Titans have first and 10 at Baltimore's 14. Give it to Henry. He gets eight yards on first down. So in my mind, it's like, okay, you know, now you've got three downs to get two yards with Derrick Henry. And then on second down, they get in the shotgun and fumble a snap, and then all of a sudden you go from second and two to third and ten. And at this point, you know, you're still down. You, you need a touchdown. Um, you know, you've got all that going on, and that's when, you know, Tannehill throws it out to A.J. Brown. He makes a play, gets into the end zone. He had done the same thing earlier in the game. And so, you know, there were times in this game where it honestly felt like that we, we talked a little bit last week about play calling and that kind of stuff, and there were conversations throughout this week about if the Titans were getting too cute, you know, not running the ball more when you have a guy like Derrick Henry being able to get the yards that he's getting. And I hadn't necessarily felt that way um, so much, but today there were certainly times where it felt like, you know, maybe they need to get out of their own way a little bit and just, you know, turn around and hand the ball off to the NFL's leading rusher, to the guy that's the, I don't know if he's the best running back in the NFL, but he's definitely the most punishing running back in the NFL. Um, you know, we talk about kind of that, the, the, the sequence that we just talked about, and then there's the play where they go wildcat when Ben Jones is, has just been hurt and Jamil Douglas is taking his first snap at center. And so there were a few times today where it felt like, Arthur Smith was just maybe kind of outthinking himself a little bit. Now, at the end of the day, you know, things work out. It's a very different conversation. But it was a little bit frustrating at certain points in this game because there were a couple of times where it looked like they were going to have some chances to just pile up carries to Derrick Henry when they had kind of short yardage things set up, and it didn't end up working out that way. Yeah, I agree. And then the the one, yeah, that, that really stood out to me. Well, too, as you mentioned, the, the Jamil Douglas, uh, first snap of the game. Hey, let's try some, uh, you know, some shotgun wildcat with Derrick Henry. Did not work out so well. But yeah, the, the other one, uh, especially, you know, second and two on the on the Baltimore six, uh, they go into the shotgun formation. First of all, you know, the, they started in a, in the traditional under center formation, and then they switched into the shotgun. And I'm 
sitting there thinking, what, what in the world? Why, why would you want to switch into the shotgun here? Uh, you know, on on second and two, and and sure enough, uh, it ends up, uh, you know, not not in a in a good situation, or whatever. Um, but thankfully uh, for the for the Titans, uh, AJ Brown, my goodness, you know, really saved their their bacon on that drive right there um, with one of the the better touchdown receptions of this year, I think. Now, normally you think of, of touchdown receptions, uh, you know, some of the best of the year, as you know, the long 80, 90-yarders, uh, you know, something like that. Uh, this was only 14 yards, but it was uh, it was pretty memorable in that, uh, you know, he caught the ball at the 9. Okay, he needed to get to the 4 for a first down. I didn't even think he was going to get to the first down marker. Uh, not only does he do that, he breaks three tackles, and then to get into the end zone, he runs over a linebacker. He runs over Patrick Queen to get into the end zone. Uh, you know, and, and we always have fun with those next-gen stats they have in terms of probability uh, results of a play and so forth. And the, the probability of A.J., you know, after the catch reaching the end zone was only 11% uh, at that point. So he, he 11% of the heck uh, out, of, out of the Ravens there. That was, that was really a... Uh, Tremendous play, um, you know, in my eyes. And, and to me, that play and Derrick Henry kind of bouncing back from the hard hit he took uh, sort of, you know, illustrated the whole Titans' resiliency, I, I thought, uh, and then kind of that toughness, and then we're going to find a way to get it done uh, one way or another. And, and, you know, honestly, at the end of the game, you know, some of the comments we heard from, from Baltimore's side, Lamar Jackson uh, didn't hold back, said, you know, that looked like the, uh, a team that wanted it more than, than we did, um, you know, which has to be music to the ears of the uh, of the Titans, um, you know, following this victory. Yeah, absolutely. And even, you know, to that point as well, Ryan Tannehill took quite a few hits today, and some of them yeah. were, were pretty rough. And, you know, to see him bounce up back up like he does, um, you know, you don't you don't see him doing a lot of rolling around on the ground, that kind of stuff. I mean, he he pops right back up, and you know, Mike Vrabel talked about that. You mentioned that in your article that you wrote tonight. Um, talked about you know the toughness that you see there, and, and how that can kind of translate to the rest of the team. And then you know, for all the for all the anger that I was feeling towards Arthur Smith, um, that the two point conversion play was a beautiful call because again, yeah. and, and and again, this is, this is a, where a little bit where we talk out of both sides of our mouth, right? Because you know, you you line up in the shotgun on that play. Um, and then, you, but you, you know, they give the, and I don't know what the, what the actual call was, if it was a, if it was a, a quarterback run the whole way, or if, if Tannehill had the option there, but I mean, you know, he sticks it in, in Henry's belly and you see the defensive end crash and Tannehill just pulls it right back out and walks in. Um, so I mean, a great play. And again, taking advantage of the effectiveness that you had seen from Derrick Henry on that drive, you know, they were able to to take advantage of that, to, to get an easy play right there. And, and you know, that sets the, the tone to where then the Ravens come down, they get a field goal, and instead of that winning the game, since it's overtime, and we know the, the chance the Titans get from that point. So, listen, the offense it was kind of up and down today, but I, I think we saw when they're clicking on all cylinders, and all this, and we haven't even mentioned the day that Corey Davis had, um, he was fantastic again today and, you know, kind of picked him up a little bit. Like I said, when, when A.J. Brown had, had struggled a little bit early in this game, 
Um, you know, Corey Brown's been a guy, or Corey Davis has been a guy that has been really consistent this year, and there hasn't been enough talk about what he's done. And, you know, we, we talked uh, plenty about him being the number five overall pick and how he hasn't lived up to that and, and all that kind of stuff. But I think what we've seen from him in his time now with Ryan Tannehill, and, and last year it looked like at times that, that Tannehill didn't trust him for whatever reason. I know Corey Davis has some other stuff going on. He had an injury and that kind of stuff that we didn't really know about during the year last year. But there were times in games where, you know, Davis would be wide open and it looked like Tannehill wasn't even looking at him. But this year, I mean, you've seen Tannehill be willing to trust him. You've seen Corey Davis make all of the plays, all the chances he's, that he's had. And so, you know, now we're looking forward with him. I mean, obviously, you know, he's in the last year of his deal. Titans didn't pick up his option. But at this point, you would think the Titans have to be, you know, at least behind the scenes a little bit, having some conversations about bringing him back because, you know, with these two receivers, the Titans have a, a combination that, you know, when they're going like they are right now, it, it stacks up against some of the better combinations of receivers in the league. Yeah, when when they're going like that, and it's been interesting this year kind of too that, that you know, you mentioned when, when AJ's kind of slumped in a couple of games, Corey Davis has kind of picked it up and, and vice versa, I think, uh, as you said, Corey Davis has been pretty consistent. But on the on the the games where he's had some dips, AJ's numbers have been have been better as well. Uh, um, but I think you know probably a couple reasons for for Corey Davis uh, this year. You know, one uh, the toe. Uh, you know, he had off season toe surgery. Uh, I think he's been healthy, much much healthier this year than he was last. And then I think too, uh, we've probably mentioned this at, at times in the past. Um, you know, last year, I think Ryan Tannehill and A.J. Brown just created that natural chemistry starting last year in training camp because they were both one of the kind of the second team offense. A.J. Brown was just, a, you know, hadn't played an NFL game at that point. Tannehill was the backup. So they were getting a lot of reps together and I think kind of developed a real uh, sync and, and chemistry with one another. And then Corey Davis was running with the first team. So he, he didn't naturally have that, that chemistry with, with Ryan Tannehill right away. And, and I think now we're seeing it, uh, you know, what the second year does and, and uh, you know, a training camp together, uh, all, uh, you know, first-team reps, all, all those guys in there together. Uh, and Corey Davis is, uh, is getting after it here. I mean, uh, I mentioned this in, in my article that's on the, um, on the site now, but, you know, that's his third 100-yard uh, game this season. In his previous three seasons combined, he'd only had two 100-yard games. So uh, whether Corey Davis is going to be making his money in, uh, in Tennessee uh, next year or uh, you know, somewhere else, he's putting together a kind of season um, that, that's going to earn him a, a dollar or two. I think I, I agree with you. you know, if, if they can find a reasonable price and if they can get these guys working one and two, Brown and Davis, Good combo, and if you happen to, if you can get a, a real good slot receiver, whether that's Adam Humphreys, if, if he, you know, he comes back uh, healthy, or you know, if they, they find a, another but another guy in the in the draft, you know, maybe one with even more speed. Wow, that could uh, that could really lead to some things next year. Yeah, and so you you've got to like just just the different options they have on offense, and especially you know with I mean Jonathan Smith had a touchdown today, but I think he's had to block a little bit more, had to help a little bit on some things with with Taylor Lewan being out. So having two guys on the outside that can win is really important for this offense the way that it is right now. 
Um, all right, so shifting to the defense a little bit, you know, we've obviously, it's, it's been at times a, a very, we've been very rough on this defense because they've, they've struggled at times, um, had trouble again today on third down. It was, you know, by no means perfect. But today they were able to do what they were able to do last year, which was even when they were giving up yards, once you got into the red zone or once you got you know on the on the other side of the fifty, they were able to to you know, tighten up you know for <laughs> the pun there, but um and, and not give up touchdowns in the red zone you know and that was the thing that they, they kind of separated last year's defense from this year's defense is they, they gave a bunch of yards last year, but they were able to mm-hmm. hold teams to field goals and that was what they were not doing early in this season. And so I, I think that you've, you saw, again, they had a good game plan against Lamar Jackson. Didn't let him get loose. Um, I heard Dean Pease on the Midday 180 on Friday and talking about the idea of, you know, instead of attacking Lamar Jackson, you kind of capture him so that you don't let him get to the outside, don't let him break off that big run. I thought they did, they did really well with that again today. Uh, Rashawn Evans was, was good today in this game where I thought he'd struggled at times throughout this year. So, I mean, the defense is, is making some positive strides. Um, now you've got you've got issues here with you know Jadavian Clowney now being on IR, so we know he's out for at least the next three games. Um, Adoree Jackson <laughs> might come back at some point, I guess. Um, I'm, I'm sure tomorrow when you know you, you have the press conference, we'll, we'll get a good uh, answer on from Vrabel on that about his timeline and how close he is and all that stuff. But I mean, you know, they've been able to, to put some things together to at least not be at least today anyway, they were able to, to put together a plan that was able to do enough that they could still hang in and the offense could win a game for them. Now, they've had success against guys that are not able to catch the ball and get rid of the ball really quickly. I mean, that's, that's been the problem. The Ben Roethlisberger, the Phillip Rivers, the guys that are willing to just catch it and get it out. Th- those, are the, those are the guys they've really had trouble with. Um, but, you know, Lamar Jackson's not, not that type of player. But, you know, able, again, to come up with a good plan today. Breon Borders uh, had a couple of big plays today. He's been a guy that has been better than what they were running out there before, you know, with, with Joseph and uh, Chris Jackson and, and that cast of characters that they had earlier in the season. So it seems like that maybe that group is rounding into form a little bit. And then, again, if you ever get a Dory Jackson back, if Clowney's able to come back, we, we still, I guess, have some hope for what the upside of this defense can be. But today they were they were certainly good enough, and they gave the Titans the, the chance to win that they needed. It did, uh, of course. The, uh, the the big body blow that the Titans took on defense today, of course, was was the loss of Jayon Brown, um, you know, leading tackler uh, by a fair margin coming into the game, and and uh, you know, I think coming into this game too, he had played ninety seven percent of all of the the Titans defensive snaps, so he's a a huge part of that D, and and uh, you know, lost to what has been reported. Um, to be a, a dislocation and a fracture of the elbow, so it would appear that that he is he's out for the season. But what we did see, yeah, uh, from from the Titans today, the um, the the bad news was kind of the the third down situation came back to bite them a little bit. You know, the Ravens were nine for fifteen on third down after two weeks. The Titans had been really good uh, stopping teams on on third down, um, but uh, again. The Titans came through with the stops when they needed to. Uh, yeah, the, the Ravens were only one for four in the red zone. Titans held them to, to three field goals, and that is something the Titans had really been struggling with was the defense in the red zone. Uh, you know, one, one of the worst teams in the league, and, and they really made some, some nice stands in the red zone today. And then, of course, the uh, the overtime possession, too. You know, I, 
we talked about this before uh, we were on, went on the air here, but you know, I, I kind of thought that this might end up being a, a game very similar to the Titans and, and Houston in overtime earlier when basically the game was decided with the coin flip. Whoever gets the ball may just be winning the game on the, on the first drive, but uh, Titans had a great defensive stand there, forced a three and out for the Ravens. Um, and then, of course, next thing you know, the, the Titans are marching down the field and, and Derrick Henry's uh, rolling to the, to the overtime touchdown win. So, yeah, this was, uh, this was the, the kind of the classic bend but don't break uh, defense for the Titans. Um, you know, I think it's, it's going to be difficult, uh, you know, of course, to, to keep up well, without Jayon Brown. Will Compton, not, not the same kind of guy. But I tell you, you know, Will Compton's a, uh, you know, he's one of those heady guys who, who does a lot of things right. He, he's not certainly uh, skilled and, and talented as Jayon Brown. But, you know, in his limited time today, he had, he had six tackles. And, and uh, uh, you know, he, he's going to give you a good day's work. Uh, we know that for sure. So, uh, um, yeah, we'll see how the, uh, the, the the other injuries come along, whether whether or not Clowney comes back or he goes into, into surgery and, and when the great Adoree Jackson mystery will be <laughs> will be uh, will be answered. As you say, I'm sure Mike Blabel will will give us a clear, uh, clear timeline on that tomorrow at the pressure. So stay tuned for that. Yeah, I feel like we need a 30 for 30 at some point on this Adoree Jackson injury thing because it's been the weirdest thing that, I, that I've ever seen. But, yeah, I mean, the loss of Jayon Brown is huge for sure. Um, he's been maybe the best player on this defense this year. Uh, well, Jeffrey yeah. Simmons has been the best player on the defense this year, but Jayon Brown's second probably. Um, and yeah, it is going to be tough to replace him. Like you said, you, you know what you have in Will Compton, a guy that's going to play his assignments and, and do all that stuff. I'm interested to see when they get David Long back, who I guess they added to the COVID list, what, Monday uh, of this past right. week. So I don't know what his timeline is for coming back. But, um, you know, he was a guy that, that filled in well in the playoff game last year in Baltimore for Jayon Brown. Now, it seemed like he's taken some steps back this year. Hasn't been quite as good as he, as he was last year. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing that they're definitely going to have to – they're definitely going to have to find somebody. And, you know, even further down the road, it'll be interesting, interesting to see what they do with Jayon Brown, another guy who's in the last year of his contract – um, are they going to be able to afford to pay him and then possibly pay Rashawn Evans, you know, down the road? I mean, th- those are all the, you know, types of situations or, you know, types of scenarios that they'll have to think about once the season's over. But, yeah, I mean, they they were good enough today, and you hope that they can kind of build on that. And Amani Hooker, I, I thought, filled in pretty well for Kenny Vaccaro, who was kind of a late week um, add to the injury list. And then, I mean, did he practice Friday? You know, I think he did. I don't have the list in front of me, but I, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, um, in fact, I, I think he was, I want to say he was full. I, not positive. I, I think, you know, there, there didn't seem to be much concern. I don't, I don't think he was, uh, you know, I don't think he certainly wasn't listed as like questionable or anything like that. Um, and I don't think it was doubtful. So I think, yeah, I don't, you know, I, I think it was, as you say, something that really came on late. Yeah, uh, it was week. it was something. I, I think he was limited or missed Thursday, but then he was back Friday, right. so it didn't seem like there was any big cause for concern there. And then Saturday, in that you know slew of roster moves that they made, it was announced that he was out as well. Um, but I mean, you know, like I said, Hooker filled in well there. Um, I mean, I think he's a guy that they hope eventually you know fills that position. Um, you know, once Vaccaro has moved on, but you know, you you got to have guys step up in this league and make plays. And, you know, that, that's the Titans, <laughs> unfortunately, have had to, to see a lot of that this year. And so we'll have to see kind of a, a similar situation with Jayon Brown being gone. But, 
I, I mean, I don't know. I, I feel Harold Landry has the big sack in, in overtime. Uh, the Titans, you know, were only able to force the Ravens three and out twice in the game. It was their first possession of the game and their last possession of the game. So, I mean, I guess, you know, <laughs> stepping up when it matters. But, I mean, cer- certainly, you know, again, times where they looked a little bit lost, seemed there were some miscommunications, still extremely maddening to watch when it's third and five and they let a guy catch the ball five yards down the field and then get another yard where they tackle him. I mean, we had some of those similar types of things. And, again, we'll have to see the adjustments because Rivers killed him last time on the, the short throws, just kind of dinking and ducking all the way down the field, and the Titans were na- never able to step up and, and answer that stuff. So we'll have to see what kind of adjustments they make. And, again, you know, we had, we had a similar conversation after the Bears game, right? Like the defense looked better, um, you, you know, but you kind of had to take it with a grain of salt. I think, again, this, this Ravens offense is certainly better than, than the Bears offense, but it's just a different style than what you're going to see from the Colts. And so we'll see if they're able to, to you know, make those adjustments and get back in that game. But I, I do think you have to feel better seeing a defense, the defense being able to step up and, and at least make enough plays today to keep the, the offense in the game. And that's what we talked about this whole, this whole year. The defense doesn't have to be great. They just have to be middle of the road, keep the team in games, and give the offense a chance to go and do what they've been able to do so many times at the end of games this year. Yeah, and I, and I, I feel, Jimmy, that, that we would be uh, um, you know, remiss if we didn't mention the Titans special teams today. Uh, um, we have we have uh, uh, rightfully been pretty harsh, yeah. much on the maligned, team. <laughs> yeah, for uh, for several weeks here, and they they certainly deserved it with with all kinds of mistakes. But uh, a pretty solid day for the Titans special teams today. Uh, three Goskowski field goals in three attempts, all were within 50 yards, which for whatever reason has been tougher for him. He'd been only six for 13, uh, you know, in, inside of 50. So he went three for three inside of 50. And uh, let's not forget the, uh, the fake punt, um, which, was a, which was a surprise. Um, and, you know, it wasn't one of those, uh, geez, there's a wide-open receiver on this fake punt. They're going to have a first down, no problem. This was a tight one. I mean, uh, Logan Woodside, who took that short snap, uh, really had to, uh, to fire a strike into Nick Westbrook on the sideline right at the first down marker. And to his credit, Nick Westbrook, uh, we, we've mentioned a time or two, he doesn't always show the, uh, the best hands uh, during, during practice. Uh, maybe we're too hard on him, but um, he, uh, he made a nice catch on the sidelines and uh, got the first down, and, and uh, you know, they end up getting a, a field goal out of that drive. And Trevor Daniels, no shanks. Uh, uh, Trevor Daniel, rather, no, no shanks, no block punts. Um, and averages about 46 or 47 yards 